Welcome to Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast. Get the inside scoop on how to help your child become successful in and out of school. As parents, we know that your child can sometimes forget to share the notes from their backpack. That's why we've launched this podcast just for you. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Helen Westmoreland. And I'm LaWanda Tony, and we're your co-hosts. And we have a super special guest today. Daph Goldman is here, the incredible celebrity chef and star of multiple shows. And we are excited to talk to him about all things food and family. So, Luanda, I don't know if you know, but my little one, Mary Eva, is finally getting to the stage where she wants to help in the kitchen, uh-huh. which means she mostly wants to stir and pour things. And it's still <laughs> primarily more messy than productive, but she's <laughs> wanting to give it a try, which is great. I think my husband is more messy than helpful in the kitchen, (laughs) but I digress. Did you know that our guest today started in the kitchen early, just like your daughter, Helen, and was found watching a cooking show wielding a cleaver, however, when he was only four years old? Oh, man. So thankfully, we're not wielding any cleavers in my kitchen, but I am really excited for when she is ready to be my sous chef. Cooking is a great way to teach our kids about fractions and measurement and chemistry and all sorts of math and science skills. That's right, Helen. And today's guest is going to give us some great ideas when it comes to the science of cooking. We're so thrilled to have Duff Goldman, chef, artist, and entrepreneur join us today. Duff's first major foray into television was on the hit Food Network show, Ace of Cakes. I remember that show. I do too. Which took place in the famed Baltimore bakery, Charm City Cakes. Duff has recently starred in several new shows on the Food Network, including Cake Masters, the Baking Championship Series Dessert Games, Buddy vs. Duff, and Duff Takes the Cake. More recently, Duff stars in the Discovery Plus original series, Duff's Happy Fun Bake Time, which premiered last spring. Duff also became a father in January 2021. Congratulations, Duff, first and foremost. (laughs) Yes, and welcome to the show. Like we said, we're super excited to have you with us. Oh, thanks. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and your newest show that focuses on the science of cooking. You know, it's interesting. I was trying to figure out a way when I'm judging the baking championship shows, right? I talk about like your cake is chewy because you overmixed the batter. When you overmix batter, it strengthens the protein. And I go into the science of baking Mm -hmm. when I'm judging. And I was like, you know, I wonder if there's a way that I could make this accessible for more people. So I was in my apartment one day and I was cooking and I was watching Sesame Street and I was like, I bet you could do like a puppet show. So I came up with a format. I brought it to Jim Henson. I was like, hey, I got this idea. And they were like, yeah, we love it. So we went for it and we made a whole puppet show that it has recipes. There's real cooking and we make a lot of good food on there. But it's really about explaining the science of what happens. One of my favorite parts in this series is when we're explaining flavor and how flavor mm. works. I was likening flavor to a rock band and I was like so the drums is like the salt and the bitter is like the bass (laughs) and the sour is like the guitar and the sweet is like the keyboard so then I put on a outfit it was just like a pink blob so I was a taste bud and then I played each (laughs) one of the instruments and they film me in different spots in this huge studio and then they put it all together so as I'm explaining the different flavors that you taste 
a spotlight would come on and light up that duff that was playing whatever. And then at the end, I was like, you build flavor like this. And then the whole band is playing. And that's when you get like the salties working with the bitters, working with the sours, working with the sweet. So that's how I was trying to explain how chefs build flavor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I love that. That's such a good metaphor. I don't think my full band plays when I cook. <laughs> I'm not sure. No wonder about- you're not handy in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, so I'll say sometimes the full band is playing, but sometimes <laughs> we're missing an instrument or two. I will say that. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, if you hear a song and there's no bass in the song, you're like, this song sounds weird. Yes. It's the same thing with flavor. Like when you taste something, you can be like, what's missing here? And you sort of run through your catalog. Like, does it need more salt? No. Does it need some lemon juice or vinegar? No. Does it need a little sugar? Yeah, maybe it needs a little bit of sugar. I'll say during the pandemic, I started baking more. And I didn't realize why until later is because it was the only thing that had to be exact to me to make it work. Because there was so much chaos and everything happening, I automatically (laughs) went to baking because I knew if I do this, this, and this, this chocolate Mexican cookie will taste like the way that I need it to taste, even though nothing else is working in the world. This recipe I know works. So I'm a big fan when you say the science of cooking, because it is the science. There are certain things that have to work to make the food taste good. Yeah. And there's chemistry involved. There's physics involved. Obviously, there's math involved. There's a lot of different disciplines involved. A lot of times when you're baking, there's geometry. You got to figure out angles and stuff sometimes. Yeah, I think that cooking should almost be a STEM subject because it really takes a bunch of different disciplines and gives them a real world application. Mm -hmm. And understanding some rudimentary chemistry really helps you in the kitchen. It helps you cooking, it helps you baking, it helps you cleaning. You know, there's like real applications here. And I think that's what's so cool about it. I think that's why kids can really understand it because it's not just an abstract concept. Yeah. The concept of air pressure, when you're talking about a cake rising, And then you're explaining how air pressure affects that. So if you're baking a cake in Vail, Colorado at 10,000 feet, less air pressure because there's less air on top of that cake pushing down. So you can use less baking soda and less baking powder because you want your cake to rise a certain amount. And when you can explain it in a way that totally makes sense, the kids are like, oh, okay, I get it. Air pressure. Got it. Mm Mm-hmm. In some ways, your show is not just for kids, but it's for parents, too. I'm thinking, I mean, I said at the top of the show, I have a three-year-old, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. what are some of those really early conversations you can have in the kitchen with your kids to start getting them primed for? There's a whole world of not just fun to create something, but also to really foster these science and math and physics skills with your kids? What kind of things are you putting on the radar for your little one? Well, you know, Josephine's going to be pretty amazing. I'm expecting she's going to be making five course meals by the time she's six years old. But <laughs> <laughs> No pressure, Josephine. Love it. There's Josephine. a little pressure. There's a little pressure. She better be good. When they have a bake sale at school, she better bring it. You know I mean? She's crushing it. I would say one of the fun things you can do is when you're starting with flavor and be like, okay, Say you're going to make some chicken. Take a chicken breast, cut it into four pieces, and then let your kids be like, okay, this is salt and pepper. This is cumin. This is pepper flakes. 
And then this will be paprika and onion and garlic. And then like, let them do it. I think in all this stuff, it's not about showing them stuff. Just let them do it. Let them flavor the different chickens, grill them all, and then keep the spices out that you use. So they're there, put each chicken and be like, here, taste the different chicken. And oh, then they'll I be love like, that idea. This one tastes totally different than this one. And that way they can start to figure, okay, so this one makes the chicken taste like this. This one mm. makes the chicken taste like this. And then they can understand spices and how they work. But, you know, like three is pretty young. But I mean, I think relatively early, I'm going to have Josephine using knives. I want her to use knives relatively early because I want her to understand how to respect them. And I want her to understand the difference between a toy and a tool. Mm. I mean, nothing crazy. I'm not going to give her the cleaver like my mom found me with. But <laughs> Whatever. It worked for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I have all my fingers still. There's some scars, but I have them all. But, you know, I mean, I think getting the kids to understand that there is a difference between toys and tools. And, like, these are tools that need to be respected mm. and that there's heat and there's fire and there's hot water. And there's a lot of things that you really need to be careful of. Kids are smart. You make sure that they understand, hey, this is sharp. This will cut you. You got to use it right. I think that's how you do it is like, really, you got to let them get their hands dirty. That's one of the things I've really found, like when I'm decorating cakes with kids, for example, like my instinct is, okay, let me show you how to make this giraffe. And they're like, let me make a giraffe, you know? And is it going to be good? Probably not. It's not going to be a Degas, but they want to make a giraffe. So you got to let them like feel the stuff Mm. and you got to let them smell things and taste things and See what the texture of things are. Even now, my daughter's eight months old. But when we're feeding her, I like when she gets the banana and the oat stuff like Mm -hmm. on her hands and she's looking at it and she's like seeing what it feels like in her fingers. And one of the things I try to do is get people to like smell things, you know, smell the coffee Mm, when you grind it, smell those spices, you know, when you open up a fresh package of cumin and you smell it's one of the most amazing smells or last night I was roasting potatoes and I had rosemary and garlic in the oven and just like that smell of rosemary and getting kids to see how like different smells can trigger different memories and really Mm -hmm. how powerful this stuff can be Mm. oh man I feel like I got a list of things to start doing thank (laughs) you I know they're so good Yeah. yeah yeah So, Duff, let's talk about your book a little bit, The Super Good Baking for Kids. Mm -hmm. It really talks about how kids can be more independent in the kitchen. What ages do you feel kids can start mastering some of those baking skills independently? I think it really depends on the kid, but I think like six or seven, once they understand the oven, like, you know, how to turn it on how to turn it off, how to be safe, where the fire extinguisher is and how to use it. I think that kids can bake a tray of cookies. If you've done it with them a few times and mm-hmm. you can see, okay, they use a towel to get the pan out so they don't burn themselves, all those things. With some supervision, six or seven is a pretty good age where they can really operate the mixer. That's another dangerous tool that you got to like show them how it works, stick a wooden spoon in there and see that spoon get dinged up so they can really see like, yeah, that's dangerous. I don't want my hand to go in there. Yeah. I think once they understand that, I think you're okay. I mean, I would still supervise. I think you definitely still want to be there, but I think that start to finish, they could probably handle an entire recipe. That's good. Yeah. I want to actually build on that and hear you talk a little bit more about the role of independence because you mentioned that before too, that just letting your kids do it. And mm-hmm. I had like an aha there because my existential challenge as a parent is wanting to control. You yeah. want your kids to get it right. And letting go of that is 
part of the process, especially as your kids get older. Could you talk a little bit more about why you think that's important and any other tips for fostering that independence with your kids? I think the thing is, there's no knowledge like empirical knowledge. Mm -hmm. Somebody can explain to you a thousand times how to change a tire, but until you do it, you just don't get it. And I think let them figure it out. Let them screw it up. Let them make a mistake. Let them make a lot of mistakes. Mistakes are building blocks. It's how we grow and how we get better. But I think beyond this practical, learn how to do something right by doing it wrong a bunch of times, there's the more abstract idea of giving kids an opportunity to accomplish something. And I think that when you can give someone a sense of accomplishment, It's like a self-replicating virus. When a kid realizes, oh, wait a minute, an hour ago, I had never decorated a cake before, and now I've decorated this cake, and look at this thing. It's pretty good. Yeah, I can do this. I can do this. What else can I do? Mm -hmm. Maybe I can paint a picture. Maybe I can write a computer program. When you give a kid a true sense of accomplishment, not just a trophy for showing up, like I did something. You made it. I made a thing, and it's good. And I'm proud of it. And now I know that feeling that I'm having right now, I know I can get it. And where else can I get it? Oh, I love that. I feel like it's sort of blowing my mind. I'm a science person by background and Mm -hmm. study, but I think there's this notion that the link for science and cooking is measurement. That's the thing. But what Mm. you've just said is what science is all about is experimentation and advancing towards something and learning something along the way. And I'm like, that's totally what it is, letting your kids experiment. So, Dub, when did you know that, hey, baking's my thing? So when I was 14 and a half, that was when you could legally work. And I got a job at McDonald's. And that was my first job. I can make 12 Big Macs in a minute. So I got in there and like, I loved it. First, I just love McDonald's to this day. I'm still such a sucker for McDonald's Dude, you know, like a quarter pounder with cheese and like a large fry. Yeah, crack the code, those guys. So that's how I got into Mm -hmm. cooking was working at McDonald's. And I think I moved around. I worked at a couple other fast food joints. And then when I was in high school, I got a job. I grew up in a town called Sandwich. Started working at this place called Sandwich (laughs) Pizza. I was working there as my senior year in high school. And I had just graduated. My older brother had come up to Sandwich to be with us for a few weeks. And I remember as I was talking to him, he wanted a steak and cheese. It's like his favorite sandwich. So I was making a steak and cheese and I would like chop up the meat like that. Oh, yeah. So as I was doing it, I was talking to my brother and we're like, yeah, so, you know, I'm going to go to college. And And I looked down and like I realized my hands were just doing their own thing and I wasn't thinking about it. And I was like, huh. I'm actually good at this. Mm. So I was like, maybe I should go to culinary school. Like, I had no idea what I wanted to do in undergrad. So I told my mom, like, hey, I think I want to go to culinary school instead. Keep in mind, I was already enrolled and had already paid for the first semester. And (laughs) my mom's like, no way you're going to school. She's like, it's a phase. If you still want to go to culinary school when you graduate, then you can go. So I went to college, graduated, and then I was like, all right, I want to go to culinary school. And that was it. But I wanted to be a chef. When I was in undergrad, I wanted to work at this really nice restaurant in Baltimore. Amazing place. It's called Savannah. And the chef was Cindy Wolf, who's still she's a lifelong friend. She's amazing. And I was like, hey, I want to work here. And she was like, you don't know how to cook. You got to learn <laughs> to walk before you run. So I got in there and she taught me how to bake the cornbread biscuits. And I just started doing that every day for two years, baking cornbread biscuits. And I 
fell in love with it. There's something about baking that was just very contemplative. And as you alter little things, I would see if I mixed the lard into the flour for too long, the biscuits mm-hmm. would change in a certain way. Or if I made the cornbread batter the night before and then baked it in the morning, I noticed they were like a little bit fluffier and a little bit more tender. Mm, more science. <laughs> more science. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what the science was. I just noticed yeah. like when I did something, it changed. And I was like, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have then for some of our listeners, like parents who want to encourage, not be like your mom, who's like, <laughs> if it's a face. <laughs> What's some <laughs> advice you have for parents for how to encourage their children if they want to raise the next Duff Goldman? I'm thinking about like, how am I going to do this when Josephine's old enough to really start cooking? And I think what I want to do is when she likes something, I want to try to get her to understand why she likes it. Is it the flavor? Is it the texture? Is it the temperature? What is it about that chicken nugget that you really like? Why do you like that chicken nugget and not this other chicken nugget? And really try to get her to think about why she likes those things and then teach her how to do it. And they'd be like, all right, you like that chicken nugget? Let's make it. And I think that when they've articulated to themselves, I love how crunchy and salty that is. Mm. It's like, all right, great. Let's make that. And then once they understand why they're doing a certain step in a recipe, and that's to create the experience that they themselves had earlier, that's to me what a really good chef is. It's being able to, what's the thing that I love? Peking duck. I love Peking duck. So being able to articulate why this bite is so good. And it's like, all right, well, the skin is really crispy, but then there's this two millimeter layer of duck fat that's adhered Mm. to the skin. And then you want darker meat that's really, really soft, has a different texture than the lighter meat. You want the really, really dark meat in the same pancake. And then the plum sauce, there's this sweetness and there's this sourness. There's that sweet sour that kind of wraps everything else up. But then there's also these fresh green onions, and not only do they give it a really nice vegetal snap, but they give it that sharpness of a raw onion, but it's not too much. I'm, like, salivating them. But, like, being able to, like, (laughs) articulate why something is so delicious, Mm. that's what I really try to give kids. In Super Good Baking for Kids, there's a two-page spread, and it's all of my favorite candy. The title of it is I Love Candy. And then it's all my favorite candies, but then it's why I love that particular candy. Like, I love Reese's peanut butter cups because when I bite into it, the chocolate that's around the edge is a lot thicker and your teeth have to go through it. But the chocolate that's on the bottom underneath of it is super duper thin. And that's where your tongue pushes into it. And because the chocolate has those little ridges on it, It pokes into your lip a little bit and you feel that texture. So I explain all that minutia of what Mm. I think about when I look forward to eating our Reese's peanut butter cup. And I do that so kids can think about and understand why it is. I don't just like Reese's peanut butter cups because they're yummy. There's some very specific reasoning for why I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love Stuff, that. I'm never going to eat candy the same way again. You're not. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> I was goal. like, I got to be a more mindful eater. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just makes it fun. You know, listen, Luanda, if you're a terrible cook, that's how you start getting better, <laughs> right? Like, go find the thing that you love. You taste it, right? Maybe it's chunky sirloin burger vegetable soup. I love that stuff, right? And there's like a certain texture 
So all those vegetables, they're all the same, the carrots, the potato, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they're so soft and mushy and perfect. So it's like, how do you create that specific texture in those carrots? When you start yeah. thinking about that, then you can be like, okay, I can make this. And that's how yeah. you get better. Mm-hmm. I like it. But just for clarification, I'm not a horrible cook. Just clear <laughs> for the record. Real quick. Just letting you know. Sometimes, like I said, it just doesn't all gel together. But okay. not all the time. <laughs> just want to make that clear. Okay? Duly noted. <laughs> so, Duff, I have one last question for you. Sure. What is one thing you hope families remember when they're cooking together? Honestly, When families are cooking together, I think it's really important for the parents. Don't think of it as a lesson. Just have fun. Mm -hmm. All of that empirical knowledge, like within the definition of empirical, don't think about it. The way you get better at anything is by just doing it over and over again. So like, Mm -hmm. don't think about like, okay, this is a teachable moment here and I got to, you know, do the thing. Just cook some food. Have some fun. Take silly pictures. Make a mess. It's a kitchen. It's easy to clean. I think that like not being afraid of the mess, not being afraid of oh, this is a little too salty, not being afraid of that stuff and just having a good time because cooking kids love to do it. Most, mm-hmm. if not all kids love to do it. And it's really, I think, important to make sure that it stays a fun, positive thing without pressure. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know I want Josephine to have a healthy relationship with food. No pun intended. I mean, but you know, I want her to just understand what's in food and listen, eat ice cream. Not every day. Have a pie. Mm-hmm. Not every day. You know, yep. here's some vegetables. Here's how to make them real yummy. You can put butter on them once in a while. Not all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you want your kids to, when they're thinking about food as kids, as older kids, you know, into their mm-hmm. teens, as teenagers, it's really important, I think, to make sure that kids have a positive relationship with food, that they understand what it is, how it affects them, I things like that, that are good, things that are tasty versus things that are healthy and how to make those two things come together, but not in a pressure way because now more than ever, I mean, we just have so much pressure coming from so yeah. many different ways and the kitchen for me is a sanctuary. And I think it's really important to make sure that we're passing that on. I mean, it's hard not to. I think the kitchen is a sanctuary for me because I remember being really young and being in the kitchen with my great grandmother when she was cooking. Mm. And then my grandmother and still my mom today. And those memories for me are just Mm -hmm. golden and wonderful and untainted and beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I want Josephine to have those memories. It's like, man, I remember making cakes with my dad and I remember making breakfast for my mom and we made an omelet. I think those are some of the most priceless gifts I can give her. Mm. I love that. It's great Mm. advice. Yeah, have fun. So if folks want to learn more, if they want more, tell us your social handles, what you got going on, where should our listeners go to check you out in your great work? Okay, so let's see. If you want to go on Discovery Plus, check out Duff's Happy Fun Bake Time. It's the greatest show that's ever been made. I poured everything I had in this show and I've never been as proud of anything. And I think when people watch it, you can really tell it's really good. Let's see. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Duff Goldman. There's only one. (laughs) (laughs) Where else? You go to, if you want to see all the cakes, you can go to charmcitycakes.com. You can also sign up for classes there. And if you guys are ever out in LA, I have a shop called Duff Cake Mix where you can come in and decorate your own cake. It's pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. Yay. 
I'm so stoked because I'm actually making a cake with Mary Eva this week. And I'm like, oh, I have a whole new mindset on All how to right. go about this. Thank you cool. so much. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing I find like when you're making a cake, especially with a kid, is do a sketch beforehand. And you say, okay, oh. what do you want the cake to look like? Because even if it's just a rough idea, it helps sort of like, okay, I have a vision. And then you execute it. Mm. And then after, it doesn't have to be the same colors, after, whatever. But it's just like a rough roadmap on how to get from A to B. That's a great idea. I like love that. it. Awesome. awesome. My son did cooking camp two summers ago. Uh-huh. And he still talks about it. He loved it. And you talk about being free to just try other things. I really think it was like a door opener for him because he came home. He was super independent. I know how to make brownies, mom. Let's do it. He had his little cookbook that they put together with construction paper and stuff. And he pulls it out. He still has it. He pulled it out the other day because he was like, mom, are you about to make meatballs? I have a recipe. I was like, let's Yeah. So, yeah, it's so cool. So, I definitely agree with everything that you said, and I need to be more, make it fun. Just make let him go fun. for it. Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah, same. Yeah, I was like, it. I got to let loose yeah, a little yeah. more with the kiddo. I yeah. definitely got to just embrace the mess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. Like, Josephine's our first kid, and I'm an older dad, and I'm a little more like, yeah, she'll be fun. Have you guys decided what her first birthday cake is going to be? No, no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the pressure is going to be on you, Dad, then. It is. It is. The PTAs are all going to be calling you when it's time. Oh, dude, when she gets to school, like those bake sales. He'll take care <laughs> of all of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is really great. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. As always, for more resources related to today's episode, check out notesfromthebackpack.com. If you like this episode, please consider recommending it to a friend in your life who's a whiz in the kitchen or one who could use some help, maybe like me. Thanks for listening and join us next time. Thank you for tuning in to Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at National PTA and online at pta.org forward slash backpack notes.